Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I am here with my colleague, Laura Jawad, and we are going to be talking about business in the fitness space, ways to go about getting your work and your voice out there without being totally reliant on social media. And we're also going to be having a really vulnerable conversation about what happens when your world flips upside down with an unexpected diagnosis. So I'm really excited to bring Laura here today to have a really important conversation. I think that's going to serve in multiple ways. So Laura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure thing. So I am a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, and I have been doing this work since about, I think I certified with you in 2019, but I could be off by a year. It could have been 2018. Prior to this, I have a background in oceanography. So this has been a, you know, 180 degree career pivot late in life. And now I am offering coaching, doula support, online services. I should probably also add that I do a lot of um, content. I do a lot of blogging. So I think I've started to also just admit that that is a thing I do and not just something I do to promote my business. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to get our voices and work out there into the world still. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So tell me, how did you get into like what sparked your interest going from oceanography to like working and as a coach? Yeah. Um, I think my story is very, it's probably very similar to a lot of folks in the, in the crew. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I was a very active triathlete. I was very active in my kettlebell gym. And I wanted to keep doing all of those things. And so while I was pregnant, there wasn't a lot of great resource out there. So there was a lot of, you know, do what you've always done unless like something feels off. Um, You know, I'd go to my kettlebell classes and my coach was very supportive of me being there, but every day would remind me not to have the baby on the floor. There, There just was no good guidance, right? You know how that goes. And so in that process, I did a lot of my own research and learning. And then I had my baby and I developed a cute little prolapse and had to figure out how to get back to all my things, managing that. And same deal, learning in the trenches, as you like to say, and, you know, hit a point where I just felt like, well, A, I was more excited about learning this stuff than I was about doing what I was being paid to do. And, um, I just really felt like this information and this guidance really needed to be out there. And I felt like I could be a person to help share, share it and provide that guidance. So. Well, that's amazing. So are you, have you been coaching locally in your community or mostly online or what does that look like over the past few years? Yeah. So I started out, um, 
coaching lo- 100% locally. So I started out offering in-home one-on-one coaching. Um, and I was also doing a lot of birth doula support. And so those, those businesses really dovetailed nicely together. Now I'm doing like 98% online coaching, but my clients are still mostly local. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that is, you know, for a lot of people, like an untapped, like the local market is an untapped resource for a lot of online coaches. And we can get into that a little more later. But at this point, the short answer is I'm mostly coaching online. Yeah, no, I think you're a hundred percent right about that being an untapped resource. I mean, I, you know, just getting, trying to be a little bit more settled here in a new state, in a new community. Um, it seems, and I'm not even trying to get like in-person or online clients in that capacity, but there's such an opportunity to connect with people and then serve them, even if it's not maybe traditionally what it would have looked like prior. Like it doesn't have to be in-person classes or personal training. There's still a remote option available and sometimes even preferred um, right here within our own communities. And that's becoming so much more obvious to me being the new person in a new state, having to get connected with other like entrepreneurs. There's such a need. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So what does your remote coaching look like? Um, so my remote coaching right now, I'm using like a programming based model. So I offer coaching through true coach. And then I pair that with like zoom based coaching sessions, but I don't do very many personal training sessions. So I don't do a lot of like counting sets and reps. So really delivering the personalized programming with that basically unlimited access through like the app and email, and then some number of touch points throughout the month where we can get questions answered, like do the form checks, all of that. Yeah. Is it primarily, is it both pregnant and postpartum people, or is it like one more so than the other? Like what's your clientele like? It's pretty, it's pretty evenly split right now. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Awesome. So a lot of individualized programs for a select amount of clients. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's so great. Like there's so many people that truly want that one-on-one, like customize this program for me, for like the pelvic pain I'm having during pregnancy or the diastasis or prolapse that I have postpartum or like this kind of fitness vibe. And I think that that's such a, like, I I mean, use the word untapped and I just, I so agree that there's so much capacity for PNPA coaches to get out there and provide that kind of guidance because people do need that unique programming, not a one size fits all structure. Yeah. I say that as somebody who has a program (laughs) that is like a one size fits all, but there's still such a need for that individualized care and I can't provide it. I'm so grateful that there's coaches like you that are doing that. Even beyond the pelvic health considerations, um, because that's so like deeply embedded in the work I do, but just being able to customize a program for a person's home setup. Yes. Right? Like, what do they have? Right. What kind of space do they have? What kind of time do they have? What do they like doing? Right. What are their other limitations? Um, I think there's so much value in having that personalized support. And then just being like, you know, we talk a lot in the community about just being like the, um, eyes on the ground, eyes and ears on the ground. Um, I field a lot of questions that have nothing to do with fitness. Right. And I like to stay within my scope, my scope of practice, of course, but 
that's the place where having like an amazing local network also comes into play because I have a lot of people I can refer out to. So, you know, people will come to me and say, I need, you know, someone to help me with lactation or I need a pelvic floor PT or I need someone to take my, you know, newborn photos. right? Right. And I have like a huge network of people here that I can tap for that. That's amazing. So how, how did you start to build your client base? And then how has that scaled over the past few years? I started building my client base really based through local referrals Mm -hmm. was really um, how I started. You know, I started with like a really simple, uninteresting website, and I've never been super talented on the socials. So so really my business was built from like word of mouth and referrals. Um, these days I do get most of my clients through organic search. So from Google is my primary lead generator. Which is so interesting to me. And this is honestly everyone, like how we connected more about this particular conversation is Laura had reached out and just sort of shared like what's been working for her. If especially for coaches that maybe aren't as comfortable on Instagram or they just don't really don't want to be on social media as much, knowing that there are still people that are finding her and her business through ways that are not directly attached to social media. So I would love for you to expand on that to whether people have a social media account that they're using for business or not, like this certainly is a way of getting more exposure, right? It's a way of getting more exposure. It is a way of social media proofing your business and future proofing your business. Um, I feel like I could do, I feel, I feel like I could sell this for an hour. I think it's so important for coaches to have a website and understand the basics of like how to get it found. Um, Why don't you give us like a cliff notes version of something like what's worked for you and the disconnect that you see um, like some things that coaches could do better in the fitness industry. So many of us have no idea. Like, like we know, we know exercises. It's so hard to know like yeah. the tech side of things or the business side of things, or like, even like what the heck is SEO, right? Like this is, can be a whole new language for so many people in the fitness industry. So if you can like break down some tips and strategies, things that have worked for you or things that you think could be done better by so many of us, like I would love to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So really briefly SEO search engine optimization, that's just how you get Google to find you. So it's the way that you design your website so that Google has a really good idea of what you do and who you serve so that when people ask questions on Google, it can serve you up in the search results. So there's, there's, there's a lot that goes, I mean, Google has like a gazillion ranking factors that they use to place websites. And most of those aren't like super important for us because we're not concerned about like fine tuning our search results. Most of us just want to like show up on page one. Um, And some of the things that I see, you know, as I creep other people's websites, because I love, I love creeping other people's websites. I can't wait for your feedback on mine. (laughs) I know. I I told you this snuck up on me because I was totally planning to like go through it. I'm going to, I'm going to after this and I will get back to you. So one thing that I see people really not have a good handle on is image optimization. So, I mean, one of the things, one of a major ranking faction factor for Google is page load speed. And like the biggest drag on page load, page load speed is um, image size. 
And so people will take these like enormous images, like right off their phones or right out of like the photo shoot and upload that full size photo onto Google and it's like, or sorry, onto their website. And it's like a couple megabytes and it takes forever to load. So that, you know, optimize your images, reduce their size, like reduce the number of pixels, get them under like 1200 pixels, get them under like a hundred kilobytes, give them names, like file names that make sense and contain like the things you want to be found for, like, like postpartum personal trainer, Seattle, Laura Jawad, right? Like that's an excellent image name. So that that's like, that's a huge thing is people just putting up these enormous images that create huge payloads. Another thing is going to be just like the meta tags and meta titles. I would put that up there. And so that sounds really fancy, but if you've got a WordPress site, And if you've got Yoast, which a lot of people do, this probably covers a lot of people, um, they make that really easy to find. And and the meta title and the meta description, those are the things like when you do a Google search, that's what you see in the search results. Mm -hmm. And there's ways to optimize those so that Google likes to display them. And so, you know, a lot of times people don't even fill those in. Like that's the biggest, the biggest error that I see is that people don't even use that data and it's, that's like free. That's like a gimme. Just go fill that in. We can talk about how to optimize it later, but just like go fill that in. And then the last thing that I see that drives me bananas is that people just, people create so much disposable content. So people are going on Instagram and producing like beautiful posts, long posts, video posts, all these beautiful posts that take hours to make. Mm-hmm. And they stay in the algorithm for like 24 hours. Like put that ish on your website, like put it in your blog and then Google can find it forever. So, you know, Google can't, your, your website is never going to be an authority if it's got five pages, right? Like it's got to contain content in order for Google to like understand what you do and um, believe that you're an authority. The number one way to improve that is to put content there and you're creating it anyway, put it on your website. Yeah. No, I think these are all things you're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. But you're right. Like it's totally easy to overlook and not prioritize because we are so hyper-focused, myself included on like social media, thinking that that's where people are finding me or that's where they're going to get on the newsletter at, or that's, you know, you just can like build up your subscribers, but it's true. We talked about this before I, we started recording, but uh, just the amount of Googling that people will naturally do, especially during seasons where they're just confused about their body. It is all of us turn to that. So it doesn't make sense. I get a lot of emails from people at like two in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Right. Sitting there nursing and sending their emails. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, think about it. Like if you're looking for, you know, a personal trainer, like, do you go to, I mean, and maybe you do like, do you go to Instagram and type in personal trainer into the search bar or do you go to Google and put that into the search bar? I go to Google. Yeah. I go to Google and then I try to find their Instagram. It's like, that's like first thing is, is what the, whatever I'm looking for. And then I go to Instagram to kind of like verify it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm not, um, I'm not anti-social media by any stretch, 
um, I've just personally like kind of changed my, the way I use it. So, you know, when I was starting to, when I got into business in the first place, all the certification courses I did and business mentors I worked with, you know, they all really emphasized being on social media to the point where it was like, if you're not on social media, you're not going to be successful. Like you just have to be there, whether you like it or not, you need to be posting every day or close to it right? You have to play the game. And I really hated it. I really hated it. I resented having to be there. Um, I didn't feel like I could keep up with like the cute things people were doing. And it took me a couple of years to kind of settle into this place where, you know, I found that like my website really works for me. It's a lead generating machine. Like I get email subscribers, I get one-on-one clients, Um, and I use my social media now for more like nurturing of existing audience. Exactly what you just mentioned, like people find me via Google and they go check me out on Instagram or, um, networking, a lot of professional networking and it's a content lab, right? You get to try things out, but I don't use it as a lead generator. Of course, the links are all there, but I've literally never gotten a client off of social media. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting is as coaches, we know that for anything, like our habits and behavior have to be sustainable for it to make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have to be bought into what we're doing. And if you don't like social media, there's only so much, like maybe it can exist, but it, if that's just what you, you hate it, then it's not going to be a sustainable thing. And it's not going to help your business if it's something. Or if you just don't like using it in the way that's prescribed, right? Like I wouldn't say I hate it. Find what works for you. Like that's the bottom line. And we know that as coaches, right? Is like we, when you got to meet someone where they're at, like what are they going to enjoy doing? What is sustainable for them? Like what, and and to what degree and in what manner, right? It's like really trying to understand like what works for this individual person. And then in the same way with business, like what works for that individual business, what's sustainable for them, which is going to be different than this person, this person, there's never one size fits all. And I'm so glad you brought that point up. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only person like me. Right. No. And then beyond, beyond those of us who just don't want to be like anchored to social media. Um, you know, you brought up a lot of good points in your podcast episode about just the importance of having that like really high quality landing page, right? Because when people go to search for you, even if they find you on Instagram, people want to see that you have a website, that you're like a legit business. Right. And social media can get taken away from you at any time. And my social media was taken away from me in January. So my accounts got hacked and I was off for a couple of months and I got it back Um in part because I had some inside help and in part because like I can be like a real pain in the ass and I'm pretty sure they just gave me my accounts back so they'd stop hearing from me. But I know several coaches who in the same time have lost their social media and that's scary when that's where you've put all your eggs. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Absolutely. There's such a need for like having that email list so that there's other ways to communicate with mm-hmm. people that have found you on social media or that are coming in organically from other areas or paid whatever paid resources, paid ads. Um, it's just, yes, not being totally reliant on one machine to generate mm-hmm. business. Yeah. That's tough though. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think like our culture and our, um, our generations, right. Like the past, maybe 
20 to 40 year olds in particular, like that is what we're just very accustomed to is being on social media, but knowing like that's not necessarily a guaranteed resource. Yeah. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about a live event I'm doing on November 5th and 6th in Phoenix, Arizona. So Brett Bartholomew and I will be hosting an event for coaches, practitioners, and aspiring professionals and entrepreneurs who are really looking to distinguish themselves and what they do. This event is called Brand Builder. So for two whole days, there will be undivided attention on who you are, what you do, and how you can get it out into the world, and then scale it in a way that feels right and sustainable for you and your lifestyle. Business strategy is not something that is often taught, especially for anyone in the fitness industry. And I know how overwhelming it can be to figure out the next right steps for you. At this event, you're going to be surrounded by really motivated professionals, and that's going to provide an incredible network to learn from and with. We can't wait to share what we learn in our own businesses and provide you with practical, actionable steps to improve the way you show up and lead. Learn more using the link in our show notes. So you've been running your business. It's been going really well. You have clients. You've really optimized everything. You feel pretty good in your routine and how it's going. And tell me about what the last few months have looked like for you. Yeah, sure. So in August, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, So since August, I've gone through six rounds of chemo. I've had a double mastectomy. I've had 15 radiation treatments. Um, So I've had a lot of medical disruption in my life. Um, and so I've had to take, you know, a lot of downtime just to rest and heal and recover. Right. So what is that, what does that look like for you as a mom, as a business owner, and as a fitness professional that tends to know a lot about your own body? Yeah. I'm probably going to forget to cover one of these, but let's, let's see, let's start, let's start as a mom, as a mom, it sucks, right? Because when you're going through cancer treatment, like you just can't be the mom you want to be, right? You're really tired a lot of the time. Unfortunately, my kids, my kids are now three and six. They just had birthdays. Um, and they've been, they've been such amazing little humans throughout this. And they've been as understanding as I, you know, more understanding than I could have hoped for. But it's still, it's still really tough to be like a pretty active mom that can't be active, right? A lot of time lying on the couch and watching them play. Right. Um, but it's temporary. So, you know, I'm pulling out of that now, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and I'm, I've really like, I know I said this before this, we started recording, but you sharing the vulnerable side of this has been so insightful and I know it's helping a lot of people and bringing a light to stuff that we don't really see. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that, you know, it's been really cathartic for me to share it. And I think it's important stuff to share. And I'm glad to hear that like it's hitting home for the people on the receiving end. Yeah. And I know that your kids may not totally understand to now but seeing how you've shown up for them, even if it's different, that's going to be really special for them to have seen their mom go through some serious shit. Yeah. Really empowering. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean that. 
yeah, I really appreciate it. Before I start crying, I'll talk yeah. about business things. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of business stuff, like it's definitely a wrench, right? Like, so I stopped serving doula clients in August because I mean I had to. I couldn't be on call. Um, I didn't have the physical strength for it. So that was that was a bummer. Um for sure. And so I switched over to doing all personal training, you know, before my diagnosis, I'd been doing more in home one-on-one work. And when I got my diagnosis, I switched to doing entirely online. So that was when I kind of, I switched to the current business model because that allowed me a, to protect myself when my immune system was down. Um, it reduced my one-on-one time and just gave me more flexibility. Yeah. And it, it's been a really good model to, to take through this period and I reduced my client load. So I, you know, until I'm going to say like a month or two ago, I started growing again, but I had myself on kind of like a maintenance level of clients, like enough to kind of keep my business running. And also just to keep me like doing stuff. Right. Right. You know, I didn't want to think about cancer all the time. You know, I had no interest in like closing down my business for nine months and just like focusing on, on cancer. That's just not the way I want to operate. So it was really nice to have my business, my clients to focus on. And my clients were so wonderful and understanding during this whole period, because I definitely, you know, didn't show up probably as well as I did prior, but I work with amazing people. So yeah. Well, God, and the fact that you were able and willing to show up at all is probably so, once again, like so impactful for your clients to see. And, you know, like that's the, the beauty of entrepreneurship is like it can serve us too through a lot of different seasons. Yeah. We find so much support from those that like we've invested a lot in and then to see them invest in us when we're in really rough seasons you don't really get that in the corporate world a lot of the times. No, I mean, I, my clients, particularly some of my longer term clients, I mean, were genuine, had like genuine concern for me too. And were checking in with me and it was really, you know, I had like former doula clients dropping off food and, you know, I really felt cared for by my clients, which I don't know that I would have like expected. Um, And it was like such a pleasant and uplifting thing to learn. Right. But it, I mean, it's, it's really like a human to human business. So. Right. Right. And now as far as somebody who for better, or for worse, like when you work with pregnant and postpartum people, we learn a lot about women's health. We learn a lot about our bodies, what they do, what they experience signs and symptoms and different experiences, like truly such a holistic thing to understand. And now you've sort of, you've been dealt this new card where it's like, holy shit, what does this mean? And when we know too much about our bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I bring so much that I've learned from my pregnancy and postpartum experience and from my coaching training into my recovery and actually wrote a blog post about this because I thought it was neat to reflect on. Um, and I probably won't remember like all the points I made in there, but you know, for one, I think 
through pregnancy and postpartum, you learn like the slow is fast, mm-hmm. the slow is fast mantra, you know, and that applies here too. Right. And just having that um, kind of respect for tissue healing timelines and the recovery process has been really valuable. You know, even the last three weeks I've been in radiation treatment and, you know, I'm quite red and quite swollen. And it's like, I could go out and try and run and like do workouts. And I also know that my body is under so much stress right now and that it's just not worth it. Right. Like in terms of long-term recovery, like it's better to just take it easy right now. And I don't know that I would have made that decision if I hadn't learned the things I've learned. One of the, the biggest practical lessons that I've learned is, um, like the breathing work that we do in pregnancy and postpartum. So understanding how like the core canister works and how all those muscles work together and understanding what happens when we have restrictions in one of those areas. And, you know, of course I have been in physical therapy since my mastectomy because I love physical therapy, but really it's been focused on like our mobility, right. Upper chest, thoracic opening, like shoulder mobility, um, a lot of like arm rotations and overhead reaching kind of stuff. But what I have found in my own body that has really been like a missing piece has been the breathing, like the stretching from the inside out. And then also, you know, stretching and moving my body in ways that move my fascia, like stretch my fascia. Like I love doing like spiral line stretches you know, and, and doing some of those stretches and the breathing work before I do the upper body mobility work that my PT gives me, gives me so much more range of motion and mobility. And so I really think that's been, um, kind of like a secret sauce on my recovery thus far. Great. And I know you had mentioned again, before we started recording, we, we basically had a <laughs> podcast here, just one on record and one off, I guess. Yeah. Um, that, you know, in the pre and postnatal fitness world, the fitness industry in general, there are so many different resources for so many different things. There's a lot of different like leaders out there where we have access to information for better or for worse. Right. But you were saying in the cancer community and the breast cancer community in particular, there's just not a lot of guidance is there yeah. exercise or recovery or just like it, we, I guess you made it sound like people in situations and guidance that's relatable. Yeah. There's not a lot, right? Like I, when I got my diagnosis, I started looking for like the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism of the breast cancer world. And it doesn't, it doesn't exist. I, I will give a shout out to Barbells for Boobs, which is an amazing, amazing organization that um, I am a part of. And they do support athletes going through cancer treatment and recovery. And, um, I really can't say enough good things. And if you have clients, colleagues going through breast cancer, please send them over there. What they don't do is offer a ton of like external resources. So while, while they've been a great resource for me, it's, it's kind of, it's not really like a, like a public resource so much. And they do have some coaching resources as well, which I haven't gone through yet, although I will, Beyond that, there's like a couple cancer, breast cancer, personal trainer certifications. And like, I don't know, I don't know how high quality they are, 
I don't know a lot of people who have been through them. I don't know how up to date they are. I do know that I was fed like, am I allowed to curse on your podcast? Like I was fed like the same like flavor of bullshit that like we're fed in pregnancy and postpartum going through this. Like, I mean, my surgeon, when I just had like a port place, so I have a port in my chest for my um, infusions. It's like a little thing under my skin. And after she, she placed that, she told me while I had it in, I shouldn't lift more than 10 pounds um, for the duration that it was in. You're like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found another surgeon, right? Because I was yeah. like, I'm not going to, like, I know that that's not true. Right. And I don't want to have to like lie to my doctor, but like the guidance is missing. And when you go in and look for, for people like a personal trainer to support you through that, like they don't really exist either. So it's still a really, really underserved population and, and grateful that I have, you know, like in, within the barbells for boobs group, like I get a lot of really good guidance, but it's a small group, unfortunately, like they're limited capacity, right. They can't take everyone and they're, they're working on expanding, but it's a void that needs to be filled for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously you're not alone in this and you are a young mom. This is not something, this is something that like can happen to anybody at any point in time. And I think just like in pregnancy world, like so many of us will assume like, well, not fragile, but I'm also not invincible. And it's like the same thing with like the different cards life can deal us with sickness, with injury, with illness, with disease, whatever it might be. Like, I think, we have to do a better job of supporting women and across that lifetime of athleticism with whatever kind of bullshit gets presented to us. Yeah. I mean, certainly the thing that I've learned throughout like pregnancies and postpartum and prolapses and cancer, it's no matter what you are um, faced with, like you have options, Mm -hmm. you know, and specifically you have movement options, right? Like we are not that fragile. And no matter what is taken away from us, there is like more that we can still keep doing. And, and sometimes you need a guide to help you figure that out. God, I, that was just really, that was really impactful. And I totally agree. And I think there's so much that we've learned as coaches that we can keep applying to our life and the lives of the people that we have, you know, influence on. And you're doing such a great job of that again with, with how you're choosing to share on social media in a capacity that feels good to you, just like what you've been doing has been really inspiring. So what do you feel is sort of like next on your horizon of business, of lifestyle, of all of those things? What what are you looking forward to? Oh my God. Lifestyle. I'm just excited to like get out of my house, like between COVID and cancer and small children. Like I have not been on a vacation in so long. I'm going to Hawaii this summer and I am so freaking excited. Um, And I'm also just like planning so much stuff this summer. Like I just want to do right. Like now that I am kind of like on the other side of this, I just want to do all the things in terms of business. I'm going to keep, keep going with the, the pregnancy and postpartum coaching. I love it. Um, I'm also still trying to decide how I want to move forward in this regard, but I do want to start offering some sort of support as well for specifically female service providers, like helping them get found on Google. I heard somebody on a podcast and I like, I feel like I wrote this down. I wrote down the person who said it, but I can't find the piece of paper. So 
just know these aren't my words, but I heard someone say at some point that SEO puts all the variables for success in your business within your control. And like, I can't think of a better like feminist approach to business than that. Yeah. Right? It was a man that said that, but, but it's, it's true. Still okay. It's still true. Well, like control um, the things we can, right? <laughs> control the things we can. And I just, I love that. Right. And like, I would really love to help support female, female service providers, female fit pros, like get found truly. It would be my dream to like get all of our, you know, PNPA coaches and other, other service providers who are really like on the front lines of like the revolution of women's healthcare, like to get them to the top of Google rankings. So when you search for some of these like things that we are coming up instead of like Healthline and Livestrong and yes. nothing like personal against Healthline and Livestrong, but they're not employing them. Right. The people that I think should be writing the articles. Um, and I would just, I want to see the people at the front of this revolution showing up at the front of the search results and like making that information more widely available. So, um, I would love to support you in that pursuit. And I think it is so needed. I, I already feel that the PNPA coaches that are listening to this and other people, we have so many different coaches and, and different entrepreneurs and people in the fitness industry that listen to this probably thinking, I don't know what she said with some of those things. I don't know what that means. Can I just hire somebody to like, just handle my website, make it better. So I think that there's a huge realm of possibility of that for you. Yeah. And I apologize if I have been very jargony, it is a bad habit of mine. No, um, you like broke it down. Like, okay. <laughs> like the thing, and then all of us were probably like, what? And then except for like, you know, some people that actually understand that world but then you like explained what it was, but I think that it is just such a, um, something that we are obviously not taught. (laughs) You kind of have to like figure that out on your own or you hire somebody to do it, but then you want the person doing it to like get you and get what you do and get your business. So then it's kind of like done in the right way for the right avatar that you're trying to attract. So girl, I think there's a ton of possibility there for you. Awesome. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So tell us where can people find you? Like, where? Sure. tell us about your website. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Y'all can find me in a couple of different places. So my website is www.laurajawad.com. Um, so it's L-A-U-R-A-J-A-W-A-D.com. And you can find my blog. You can sign up for my general kind of pre-postnatal fitness newsletter there. Um, I am also setting up a special URL for your practice brave podcast listeners. So go to laurajawad.com forward slash practice dash brave to sign up for a special newsletter. Um, and I will send you guys, um, a little bit more of a deep dive into some of the things I talked about today. So I'll talk about kind of these top three trouble spots that I see on people's websites. And I'll give you some more breakdown, like tangible, actionable advice that you can use on your own websites to clean some of that stuff up. Um, And that'll also just give you a direct line to my email inbox. So you can reach out with any questions that you have. And of course you can find me on Instagram because I'm there too, even though it's not my main home. So at Laura Jawad Fitness, come visit me there too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing 
super insightful in so many different ways. And I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the stories that you're sharing and just the work that you're doing for so many people in so many different ways. It's incredibly impactful and keep going. Thank you so much, Brianna. It has been such a pleasure to be on here today. This is a great opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.